The Football World Cup has kicked off in Qatar and there's no chance that you haven't heard about it, even if you've got no interest in football at all, because this World Cup is controversial to say the least. Every day we're hearing of boycotts, demonstrations, other protests demanding Qatar improve its record on human rights. Captains of a few European countries, including England, had planned to wear one love armbands to support the LGBTQI plus community. In Qatar, same-sex relationships are still illegal. But on Monday, FIFA announced that any player wearing the armbands would receive yellow cards before they even walked onto the pitch. And so now players are in this awkward situation of wanting to do something but not wanting to risk their team's chances. Human rights advocates have slammed FIFA's move, including Australian footballer Josh Cavallo, who came out as gay last year. Well, Craig Foster is a former Socceroo, a legend of the game, SBS World Cup commentator and human rights advocate. Craig, Josh Cavallo says this move by FIFA to ban One Love Armband sends a message that football isn't for everyone. What do you make of it? I think that's right. I'm very pleased that Josh has, well, again, courageously come out uh, you know, as one of, I think, only three current male um, outwardly gay professional players in the world uh, and the first in contemporary times. So that, that's important to hear from the members of the LGBTI community, both here and abroad. Uh, and uh, Josh, you know, has really grown a big voice uh, all around the world in, in the last couple of years. Uh, it's, a, it's an awful, awful move, but particularly for the reason that um, similar to the comments that you heard from Gianni Infantino there, where he came, he had a bizarre uh, ranting monologue uh, just the day before the World Cup started. And what he was essentially doing was distancing himself from his own policy of 2017, which is which was the first human rights policy in all of global sport. Essentially, when football um, awarded the World Cups simultaneously in 2018 to Russia and 2022 to Qatar 12 years ago, uh, there was such harm brought about, including to the LGBTI community in Russia, but also migrant workers, that over the ensuing seven years, FIFA was forced to implement this policy. And the most damaging and really deeply concerning aspect of what Infantino has been doing and saying is that He's tried to turn the concept of a rights-based human rights framework, an internationally agreed set of rights that every human has, into an argument about morality and about uh, West attacking East. Uh, and that's, that's um, really disgraceful because this World Cup's actually really the first opportunity, uh, only five years into the existence of that policy, to actually have this conversation globally, to be able to promote the idea of this of the human rights framework, you know, to, and to be explaining to the Arabic and Islamic world and and the rest of the world that actually these rights exist, that the game is bound to them, that you know these are not attacks on the Islamic or Arabic world, um, quite the opposite, that actually they're not um, um, uh, lessons in morality, which of course religion often does. Um, propagate a set of uh, moral laws. These are just rights that everyone has, and FIFA is bound to them, as is the the, the largest sport in the world, um, and cannot uh, distance themselves from them. And therefore, that everyone in Qatar, um, you know, and elsewhere should understand that the LGBTI community is just one important community that shouldn't be discriminated against. That the, the criminalisation of them in Qatar um, is 
uh, antithetical to the rights that you know that community um, has, and football has to stand up for them. So in that respect, you know, it's been hugely damaging. We've lost what is a really big opportunity. Just imagine the head of FIFA, the biggest game in the world, just, mm. you know, objectively and unemotionally just saying, look, this is not really about you guys. This is about every human in the world. We've got these obligations. This community needs to be protected. And you and everyone else in the world needs to understand that's what we stand for. You're listening to Hackham Dave Marchese speaking with Craig Foster, former Socceroo, SBS World Cup commentator about what's happening at the World Cup at the moment. Craig, last night England's captain Harry Kane chose not to wear um, the One Love armband. He was worried he'd be carded. But the German and Danish squads say they're still going to wear the armbands regardless of any potential punishment. And Denmark's playing tonight. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, I'm not sure. Firstly, the, the players um, made really clear that they feel strongly about this. The stance itself, this one love armband, was in itself um, you know, a, a relatively weak, actually, because what you saw from the Socceroos was the strongest statement of solidarity with L- both migrant workers and the LGBTI community in the world. You know, the, the, the politics and the economic and political pressures of global sport are so great that it's you know, the pressures on athletes to say nothing, uh, to be silenced, uh, are severe. And so you, for the Socceroos to come out and call for two things in particular, remedy for the migrant workers, that means they were calling on FIFA to actually compensate the thousands of families who'd lost a loved one. Um, and some, by some measures, it's up to 6,500 people who perished in building this World Cup uh, and all of the infrastructure for it. Um, and secondly, to call for the decriminalisation of the LGBTI community in Qatar. That's incredibly strong and, and courageous and authentic. What the other players were doing was essentially under pressure from their own federations, which is relentless, and sponsors and, and other things. And they were saying, look, we won't, we won't talk about the decriminalisation. What we'll do is we'll just, we won't even wear the, uh, the rainbow pride symbol, the official symbol. Um, what we'll do is we'll change those colours. We'll just wear a colourful armband, and we'll and it says one love. So it was a kind of you know motherhood statement around uh, you know the right of people to to love anyone they like. So in itself, it's positive because you know any statement is is good from athletes, and at least they were engaging in the issue. Um, Nevertheless, uh, now now that uh, what FIFA's done, contrary to the rules, actually, what the rules say is that FIFA, of course, have control of equipment and apparel that players wear on the field. That's fine, but referees are saying that there's no there's no provisions there which give them the right to actually suspend a player uh, for for wearing something of this nature. So incredibly, they've gone outside of their own organisational rules to to try and force players not to do it. In the end, it shouldn't be on the players. It should be on FIFA. So I understand last night when Harry Kane came out and the Federation said, look, we're not going to push him to do it. And the news now is that apparently FIFA was saying they're going to red card them and therefore you you, you miss a game, wow. um, which is an extraordinary response. And so, you know, there was a big kind of push on social media by people saying, look, this is cowardly by the players. If you really care for it, you should do it. You know, and a part of me agrees with that. I wish that one had. I wish that they would push and say it's more important to me that people, you know, to stand for people who are oppressed, criminalised, surveilled, uh, you know, and, and undergo conversion therapy than it is just to, you know, get a yellow or red card. But at the same time, it's this is FIFA's issue. It's not the issue of the players. And I think it's unrealistic and really unfair to expect the players to do that. 
So if Denmark does that, or if the captain of Denmark um, does so, you know, then I would say that that's a magnificent response, but it shouldn't be expected, and all of the pressure should be on FIFA and the stance they've taken, because ultimately it's them that's bound. And just quickly, Craig Foster, soccer is playing France tomorrow morning. What are our chances? Well, chances are always good. Football is unpredictable, and they are the reigning world champions, so it's a really difficult game. The, the important thing for Australia is that this is our fifth consecutive World Cup. Um, we need to be going into these World Cups and testing ourselves as to exactly where we stand in global football terms. Our record hasn't been good in recent. We haven't won a game since uh, 2010, uh, and so that's six games you know, in the last two World Cups. So you know, the, the, I think what Australian football needs to see from the team is some courage, that they go there, they want to play in a particular way, um, go and take, really take it to France. Uh, and, you know, and try and do something great, you know, try and be the current world champions. And if it doesn't happen, at least we have a measure of where we're at. We can continue to learn, go into the next World Cup, you know, in 2026 in, in, in stronger position and win that one. So we're looking for a really strong performance. All right. World Cup commentator, former Socceroo Craig Foster, thanks so much for joining us on Hack. Always a pleasure. Hack on Triple J.